You know, the uh, Goodwill has been around Dallas for 100 years, literally. It's, it's 1923. They've been providing a lot of opportunities and services. But the thing is, most of us think of Goodwill as sort of a retail organization. And it turns out for almost four years, the president and CEO of Goodwill Dallas, Tim Heiss, is a man who's got a retail background with Neiman Marcus and Body Works. And he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So what are you doing going from Neiman Marcus to Goodwill? Is that is? Well, it's funny. So, uh, you know, uh, the, basically my background is all in retail, and it's been uh, a wonderful thing. And anybody that knows me very close, they say I fit into Goodwill. My fashion style sense fits into Goodwill <laughs> a little bit better than Neiman Marcus. Uh, but, uh, but no, both organizations surprisingly have a lot of similarities from the underlying business model. And then the second thing, uh, that both organizations, uh, have is, is they, they stand for something. And, uh, and so, you know, at Nima Marcus, it's offering the best the world has to offer. And then at Goodwill, it's helping, uh, give new life, uh, to both people and, uh, and their things. So this is the funding mechanism and you've got stores scattered all over North Texas, I guess, you sell, I give you an item, you turn around, clean it up, sell it, then you take the money, and then what do you do with the money? Yeah, so uh, we run, our purpose, I guess, just to kind of, bat, you know, go over it all is, is we're really helping people help themselves. And the way we think about that is we're helping people overcome barriers to employment and ultimately build skills and find jobs so that they can reach their their goals in life. And to your point, we do that in two primary ways. Uh, one is our mission integrated donated goods program, our thrift store program. And the second is we have about 20 to 30 professionals that go out in the community and offer direct workforce development services. Uh, so the way our mission comes to life each and every day is, is that two out of every three employees that you see at a Goodwill are uh, individuals that we're serving. Uh, they have some type of barrier to employment or multiple. Uh, and then the profits that come out of Goodwill, we are a not-for-profit, uh, stays right inside of Goodwill and funds those workforce development programs. It's it's probably one of the main reasons why it's been so sustainable uh, and have such an impact at scale over the last 100 years. So it's, it's training and employment services. It's your employee. How many employees do you have there? So we have 700 employees. Uh, so it's uh, so it's a large organization. We move about 40 million pounds of donations a year across our 19 stores uh, within the eight counties that we serve. So Dallas, Denton, and Collin County uh, are here in North Texas, and then we go south to, to Corsicana. So uh, Demons, Nordstrom, others, I mean, it's a cyclical business. Is yours a cyclical business? You know, it is not. Uh, the biggest thing to think about is, is if you're at the efficient frontier of – uh, of the thrift store business, which is really about taking those donations, getting them on the floor at a fair price uh, in front of the customers that can buy it. That's the number one thing you want to do in thrift. So that is kind of counter cyclical in a way. What is cyclical when you think of the used car market, when people kind of go through, um, when we go through a recession or tough times, people hold on to their car about two, three months longer. And that has uh, profound impacts on the used car market. The similar subconscious things happens with people donating their goods. When people feel, um, you know, that they've got to kind of tighten their own belt, they tend to donate a little bit less, and that ultimately hurts our business. So it's more on the supply side, not on the demand side, when you look at the, the downturns. So, so you're a real estate business, too, in a sense, in that you have to have collection points. And I used to see 
collection points everywhere. Maybe it's just me, but I don't see as many as I used to. Then you need to have stores where you could go and and buy the stuff. So let's talk about the collections. Do you have trouble? Collections? Yeah, so collections, uh, donations is the lifeblood of our organization. And when it comes down to collections, it's all about convenience. Yeah. Uh, so people want their stuff that once gave them meaning to give meaning to somebody else. But once it's in their car, they want a convenient place to drop it off. And so that is that is on us. And different municipalities have different rules um, that allows, you know, donation centers to happen or not happen. And it's something that I'd really love to influence over time because really the the end of life life cycle for materials that we use is really a public service that it's, it's as American as it gets. And it's something that people are looking to do. And so cities and municipalities need to find ways to support that in a, uh, uh, in a, in a, in a professional way. Well, you must go through, you must get a lot of junk. I mean, stuff that, that probably doesn't have a resale value, but to some people thought it might, how much of, how much of it do you retain? Yeah, no. So, so we, we are grateful for every single donation. And, you know, the old saying, what, what is one man's junk is another person's treasure really does hold true. And so what we try to do for our retail customers is really put forward stuff that is clean, uh, that is not broken, uh, for them to shop, uh, shop for. What happens after four weeks is that all goes to our outlet here in West Dallas. And then it stays on the floor for four hours where we're dumping it on these big blue tables. And you could basically get, if you buy over 25 pounds, it's a dollar 29 a pound. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then we're not done with it yet. We then take in a hundred percent of all of our clothing. Uh, is never put into the uh, landfill. We actually put those in bales, and then we can sell them to salvage markets uh, downstream who use them for different things. Uh, some do assorted packs uh, for, um, you know, for, for countries abroad. Uh, some do wipers, industrial wipers uh, that is in the oil and gas industry. And so there's a kind of a use, in, in, and you're going from dollars to pennies. And then eventually, uh, there's there's the economic cost of trash, but also the environmental cost of trash. And at this point in time, that's about uh, 15 to 20 percent of all the donations we get. So then the other side of real estate. So then the, the, the retail outlets. And again, this is part of your Harvard Business School background. And I, I know I know that location is important, but I guess it depends on on your customer. And you really have a wide range of customers, don't you, for Goodwill items? Because I talk to people all the time. In fact, they talk about it on social media, about great, you know, bargains that they found at Goodwill. Yeah, thrifting. So in real estate, uh, you know, you're dead on. Thrifting is a lot of fun. If, if people haven't done it, they should try it. Uh, I can't tell you how many people who have now tried it to say, I can't believe how much awesome stuff you can find, uh, both from the novel to to the necessity. Um and then typically shoppers travel, uh, will travel a little bit more, but donors won't. So where you're located on real estate is you want to favor where there's a good supply of donations, uh, because ultimately that's what attracts the shoppers. And so, uh, so it's a very unique thing because you try to kind of hit right in the middle. Uh, but North Texas has, you know, very generous, uh, community and, uh, and a lot of areas where, uh, where goodwill could be located. Do you get squeezed on retail? I, I was reading, there was a Wall Street Journal article that came out, I think it was this weekend, that talked about strip center, about a proliferation and, and increased demand for strip centers. That used to be nobody wanted them. Everybody wanted malls. But now they're back in vogue. I would think it, it probably hurt you. 
Yeah, it's it's a little bizarre because we we take about twenty five to thirty thousand square feet, uh, so we're kind of a junior anchor tenant, yeah. uh, or um, or we we own you know fifteen out of our nineteen stores. Oh, you uh, do. So that yeah, so that is, um, uh, and when when basically you're training the community gener- generously uh, to come to donate. That is the most important thing. So if you move it, there's stories throughout Goodwill. If you move it a block over, you know, you've been there for 30 years. People are still going to the old, uh, to the old site. So, um, that location, once you have it, uh, there's reason to be there for a long period of time just to, to be kind of become a community fixture. So is this the sole source of, of revenue? For goodwill. It's the primary source of revenue. So we're about a $30 million agency and about $27 million comes from our donated goods thrift program. The other 3 million, about half of that comes from our annual fundraising. Uh, and that, that annual fundraising, that workforce development services, it, it funds about 40% of that directly. So it's absolutely vital. And then about uh, the other uh you know, 1.5 million or so uh, comes from government grants where the folks that we serve come with certain types of funding for certain services. So how'd you make it through COVID? Everybody else was, was challenged. I would guess you were too. Yeah, absolutely. We shut down for six weeks. Uh, we had a very generous board member who owned a former Sears uh, who let us, uh, we, we took the initiative to collect for Parkland Health and for uh, Methodist Health PPE. And this is when it was the handmade stuff. It was right, you know, that was right oh, yeah, in yeah, April yeah, yeah. 2020. Uh, so through that partnership, we kept our donation doors open to collect that. Well, People also were cleaning out their homes because they didn't have anything to do there. So we had a lot of donations. And so uh, so we got a very generous supply of donations. But what you'll know in the thrift business is, is you want to create a way that you can productively accept every single donation. And when you don't have an ability to sell on the other end, the pipe gets stuck and, and you get a lot of uh, donations on the back on the front end. It's a fascinating business model. I mean, did it surprise you when you got into it? Was there anything, once you got, I mean, given your background and your business school background and conventional retail, when you got into Goodwill, is there anything that really surprised you? Uh, lots of surprises, but, uh, you know, the thing that was, was most, was awesome was, uh, the employees, just like Neiman Marcus. I mean, everybody that, that has a job, what we try to push is, is, you know, jobs have purpose. Uh, they let you experience accomplishment and they provide for your self-sufficiency. And so that is at the heart of when Goodwill was founded over a hundred years ago of the impact that we're trying to make. We're have, trying to help folks experience the abundance of life and do that through work. Uh, so that wasn't the biggest surprise. Uh, the thrift model, as far as how it works and the velocity that happens is, is probably the most surprising. Um, of the items that we produce out of our back room, that first week, about 50% of it will sell. Wow. Uh, and so it is about getting fresh product out there, which is quite interesting. But uh, it's all based on the generosity of the public making, you know, we get 40 million pounds of stuff a year and the donations come in about 50, 50 pounds per donation. Wow. Uh, so it's about a, it's a lot of donations. So let me ask you what I said. So do you have a lot of turnover? I mean, are you, are you training people to go out and into the workforce or are you are these people just working for you? Yeah. So what we try to offer folks when you come to Goodwill and tell your friends is, is hey, you get a fair chance and opportunity. So no matter your background, uh, let's have a conversation. The second thing we offer is, as we say, hey, before we talk about a job, let's talk about 
other parts of your life, your transportation situation, your housing, uh, your health, um, your family situation, and what are your goals for that? And we have case managers that help you kind of put a plan together for that. And those are the necessary supports to then get a job. And that job can come at Goodwill, uh, or most job placements that we do are actually out in the community. And our, our last promise is we want to have multiple paths to success uh, for you in a safe and supportive environment. So um, so absolutely, when you join Goodwill, we want to have a path where you can be great at your first job at Goodwill, and then as you move up the management ranks. But we also want to have earn and learn opportunities where you can use your job at Goodwill for stability, but then pursue other interests yeah. that Goodwill will fund uh, to get you a job that uh, you want to make into a career. That's a fascinating business model. Tim Heiss is president and CEO of Goodwill Dallas, which has been around for 100 years. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot for the time. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.